light. I'm glad it's not cloudy out, but light. Light is such a, a big deal in our lives, isn't it? Can you imagine if there was no such thing as light, if all there was was darkness? That said, I have to say I cherish darkness sometimes, the kind of darkness that enables us to see the stars and the craters on the moon, the kind of darkness that creates the space for a, a good night's sleep, the kind of darkness that can make our other bodily senses so much more poignant. But I can't imagine no light. That said, however, there is such a thing as too much light, like neon signs in front of a casino in an otherwise peaceful desert setting, or like the blinding lights of an approaching driver with, with high beams on. But it's also important to point out that there are other kinds of light and darkness that really don't have much to do with visible wavelengths. We see such examples of light and darkness in our lives every day. There is the light of gentleness and kindness, selfless acts, telling the truth, making an apology, Forgiveness, politeness, listening, working hard at trying to feel what another person is experiencing who is completely different than we are. There is the light of peace, of showing up, of hugging, of humor not at the expense of another person. There's the light of music and friendship, companionship, marriage, integrity, recognizing one's own faults, humility and honor nature itself. There's the light of community, the chapel, and care, and sensitivity to others, faith. And of course, we are surrounded by light, the most important of which is love. Light, it's all around us if we open up our eyes. However, there is contrasting darkness too, isn't there? If we think for a moment about darkness, we each would be able to come up with countless examples that dramatically differ from the kinds of light I just spoke about. Sources of darkness like hatred and cruelty and war and mean-spiritedness and, and so much more. We could come up with a long list of sources of darkness, but I'm not going to list any more because, frankly, this morning I'm not in the mood to give darkness much energy. I'd rather devote the energy to light itself. Interestingly enough, light is a huge topic in Scripture. It's all over the place. For example, at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, in the creation story, at the beginning God said, let there be light. And it's such light that is the source of life from our Creator. And then when the people were crossing the desert for those 40 long years, God led them around by a pillar of fire. In other words, light. And it, isn't it interesting that one of the plagues that affected and afflicted the people of Egypt was when light was replaced by complete darkness. And then in the Gospel of John, we are reminded that Jesus is the source of light, that Jesus is light itself as God is light, that such light overcomes any darkness. In Scripture, Jesus is described as the light of the world. In Paul's second letter to the people of Corinth, he writes in essence that we are to let the light of Christ shine in our lives. And Jesus reminds his followers that we are to be bearers of the light of God. And then in our reading today, it just so happens, I don't often or always use the lectionary readings, but today 
the Ephesians and the Psalm reading are in the lectionary, which is, which is a lectionary used by many churches, and the readings are actually quite late. But what I want to mention is in our reading today, there's this beautiful line that Paul writes to the people in Ephesus. It says, live as children of the light. Live as children of the light. And I love how this verse sounds in the message version of the Bible. It says, you groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, and the true. Those are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Live as children of light. The point, God is light. And as people of faith, we are to carry such light around with us, to shine such light around us, and to fill places of darkness with that light. But we also know that God is love, so we are to be light bearers and love spreaders in a world full of darkness. And it's for the next two weeks, and I want to talk about being a light bearer and a love spreader and where the energy to do that comes from. You know, if we think about it, if I think about it, the idea that we can be light spreaders and love bearers is incredibly empowering. You see, we're not helpless in the muck that surrounds us. We don't need to take it. We don't need to just be passive observers. We can be light spreaders and love bearers, and that will make all the difference in the world. We're empowered. We're not passive or helpless. We can be agents of light and love that diminishes and squashes all the darkness we see around us. Just look at what a handful of the earliest followers of Jesus did to change the world, to spread the light and love of God. They changed the world. Well, this yields for me some questions that we're going to get into this week and next. It's clear that if we want to spread light, if we want to share the love of God, that the energy to do so doesn't come from within us. It has to come from God. So how is it that we tap into God? How is it that we tap into the light and love of God? How do we ground ourselves in it so that we can spread the light and spread the love? How do we connect ourselves to God? And how do we spread that light around as a result of that connection? Well, today I'm going to get into, in the very first part of next week, I'm going to get into how we plug into God, just like a, a, a lamp plugging into a wall. How do, how do we plug into God so that we are tapped into that energy so that we can spread it? Because when we're grounded in love in God, when we're tapped into it, when we're plugged in, God's light will shine through us. And next week, I just want to say I will explore briefly ways we can spread the light and spread the love. And again, I just want to point out, this, I hope, is very empowering to us. We're not helpless. We can be difference makers with the love and light of God. So, how do we tap into God? How do we connect to God? Well, it's so interesting today that Psalm 23 is linked with Ephesians in our reading. 
and I don't think it's by accident. First of all, Psalm 23 is something that is read every Lenten season. It's perfect for Lent. It's a great reflection. It's a great thing to ponder and, and take in and pray about. But more importantly, the psalm, interestingly enough, gives us guidance of how we can tap into the power of God, the light of God, the love of God, how we can draw energy from God and keep focused upon God despite darkness that's around us. First little background of the psalm that some of you know. Despite his weaknesses and great faults, King David certainly was one of Israel's great kings. He united the country that had been so divided. He established decades-long period of peace. He was all about justice and social justice and doing the right thing. Yet he did sometimes falter in really bad, bad ways. But his path as king was very successful for the reasons I listed. But his life was also arduous and more than difficult at times. His predecessor, Saul, wanted to kill him. And he made repeated efforts to do just that. And some of the Psalms that David wrote were written about the fact that Saul was trying to kill him. That's why this word enemy is all over the Psalms. He was referring to Saul. It was a terrible, scary time for David. But there was also the time that one of his sons raped his half-sister, and then another son killed the brother for doing so. And then that same son, who took out his brother, decided to try and overthrow his father, David, which led to his death, the son that is, and David's profound grief. To say that David's life at times was brutally challenging is a vast understatement. He lived through incredible darkness, but he overcame it. And I believe he overcame it in part because he stayed very much connected to and plugged into God, the light, which led him through the darkness he experienced and led him to be a light spreader in a very difficult time. Well, I and a lot of other people believe that one way David grounded himself in God and stayed connected to God and stayed plugged in to the power of God was by writing the 23rd Psalm. The words of the Psalm, inspired by God and written by David, clearly guided David day in and day out. The words, as I said, kept him connected to God, to light, to love, in the midst of all the hardship. So today, and for the beginning of next week, as I've done before, I want to explore this beautiful psalm and what we can garner from it as we think about and ponder, how do I stay connected to God and grounded so that I don't get misled by all that's out there? And as we get into the psalm, I'm going to use a variety of sources, including a great little read by a fellow named Philip Keller, who was a shepherd himself. So let's begin. As we know, the, the psalm begins with the words, The Lord is my shepherd. Well, the way I like to think about this is to imagine the vast universe, to think about its age, its size, its immensity, its spectacular beauty and wonder. 
The details of how it all came to be matters less than the truth that God is the one who created it all. It is God, this this powerful, astonishing creator who came to us in the flesh is Jesus. And it is Jesus, the face of our creator of this universe, who happens to take a deep and personal and very committed interest in you and in me. God is our personal shepherd, if you will. Meaning we can acknowledge that God wholly embraces us, guides us, leads us, and it is God our shepherd to whom we completely and utterly and without any hesitation depend upon regardless of the darkness. If God is the creator and created all of that, imagine what God the shepherd can do in our lives. When we allow God to be our shepherd, we, like sheep following a shepherd, are likewise willing to follow God, to intentionally give God control of our lives, to yield to God, and to turn our path in life over to God. Whatever it is that is happening, good or bad, we are invited by our shepherd, our creator, to give it all to him and to follow. David did this, without a doubt. He handed his life to God as a sheep hands his or her life over to the shepherd. By handing his life over to God, as expressed in this psalm, David was enabled to survive and overcome obstacle after obstacle after obstacle filled with so much heartache. Because he viewed God as his shepherd, it enabled him to unify the country and be a spreader of light and peace. If we want to spread the light of God and the love of God, it's imperative that we keep this idea of shepherd in mind, as David did, front and center in our lives, and give our lives to the shepherd, and follow the shepherd without hesitation. The next line David writes is, I shall not want sheep move around and as sheep travel they travel over vast amounts of territory throughout the year a shepherd leads sheep to sources of food from deep valleys to the sides and tops of mountains and like sheep we too are continually on the move going through various seasons of life and it is along our journey wherever it takes us that the words of Psalm 23 says, say, we shall not want. Well, as many of you know, and if you've been there, Israel is dry in many places. And when you see current day shepherds, you will see them lead sheep along what looks like dusty trails. But if you look closely at the dusty trails, next to and alongside those trails are small glump, clumps of grass and grasses, wild grasses. From a distance you can't see it, but if you walk along a trail you see little tiny clumps. And the shepherd leads the sheep along these trails, keeps them moving from green clump of grass to the next. In other words, their immediate needs are met. Not their needs for the next day, not their needs for the next month or week, but their needs for the very moment they are in, are met because the shepherd leads them to those places. 
when David was overwhelmed with pain in his life and quickly shifting circumstances, he learned the importance of focusing on the moment at hand. Hence his words, I shall not want. He focused on the moment, not what might or might not happen next. He was able to do this because he trusted the shepherd. And if we can stay in the moment, which is always very easy, if we can trust the shepherd, we will find that what we need, what we truly need in the very present moment is given to us by God. The brutally difficult thing, however, for all of us, or most of us, is staying in the moment and learning to see what we need through the eyes of God at the very moment we're in and not worry about tomorrow or next week, but right now. Living in the moment, as David came to understand, kept him focused and connected to God in profound ways that helped him spread the light. So where are we, ourselves, with living in the moment and not worrying about this afternoon or tomorrow? The more we focus moment to moment, the more we're connected to God. The next line reads, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep need to rest. They need to lie down. Keller, as I've shared in a variety of settings before, writes, four things need to happen for a sheep to lie down. A sheep has to be free from fear, free from conflict, free from insects and other forms of aggravation, and free from hunger. Only the shepherd, not the sheep, can make sure these four things are in place. Again, to repeat, for a sheep to rest, it needs freedom from conflict, freedom from fear, aggravation, and hunger. But as human beings, it strikes me, just as King David, that we need the same four things. Keller, in adapted form, goes on to write about this. He says, we live with uncertainty in our life, and any hour can bring about significant change. No one can tell what a day will produce. We can live either with fear or with confidence. In our fears, we need to become aware that the shepherd is within us, that Christ is within us, and it's then that we can relax knowing that the shepherd is in control so we can let go of our fear and turn our fear over to God. The shepherd's job also is to reduce conflict between other sheep. Psalm 23, he writes, invites us like sheep to turn our conflicts over to Christ to allow Christ to restore things and to trust that the shepherd can and deal with the conflicts that trouble us. Keller goes on to write, a shepherd also applies a variety of natural repellents to keep insects away from sheep. And our shepherd metaphorically does the same thing, keeping aggravations away from us and instead can bring us quietness, serenity, strength, peace and calmness in the face of frustrations and futility. But a shepherd also does something else. A shepherd keeps the hunger of his flock at bay while leading his sheep. The shepherd makes sure the sheep have food. We too need food, and Keller writes, our food is the 23rd Psalm. To chew on it, to meditate on it, to take it in deeply. King David pen these words because he knew that to stay connected to God he knew that to be the light bearer that he was that he needed 
to learn to let God manage his fears. He knew that he needed to hand the conflicts and aggravations he was having with other people over to God. And he knew that he needed to let God be God. When we do the same thing, when we turn our fears over to God, turn our conflicts and aggravations over to God, and let God be God, we plug into God. We let other stuff go. And we become light spreaders. Just a couple of more for this week. The next line reads, to be led beside still waters. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And uh, whoever drinks this water will never thirst again. But here's what one person writes. Still waters flow slowly and calmly. They bring rest and peace and provide a place to relax. Our shepherd wants to lead us to a place of rest and trust, a place of confidence, a place where we can rely and focus upon him. He wants to take the heavy load off of our shoulders to lead us beside still waters. Well, this is what Dave, King David did. He created space to rest in God. He created room for God's peace to fill him. And he did so by turning his burdens over to God. He created the space for him to be at peace. It's why he came up with the image of still waters. And if we can do the same thing, to turn our burdens over to God, to create that space for God's peace to fill us, it grounds us to God, keeps us plugged into God, helps us to be light bearers. And finally, the last verse I want to get into is, He restores my soul. The word restore in the psalm means to renew, to return, to reanimate, one of my favorite words, to replenish and to bring us back to where we belong. So I was thinking about this word reanimate and replenish. As I was thinking about it, I thought about Christmas time here. And you all know that we light up all the trees on our grounds here at Christmas. You also know that we have this evening that we call light up the night where we, for the first time, turn all the lights on. It's beautiful. Well, when we hold that light up the night celebration on the grounds, we have these plastic inflatable figures of Joseph and Mary. Now, when the figures are unplugged, they look like a pile of plastic. But when they're plugged in, they inflate and they come to life. Metaphorically, I believe, God restores us in a similar way. If we'll plug into God, reanimate us, restore us, refresh us. When we're deflated or spent or tired or worn out, God can inflate us and reanimate us, if you will. Restore us. King David endured so much pain and heartache and soul-crushing soul agony. And he knew it was only God who could make, make him whole. And so he wrote these words, God restores my soul, because he asked, God, restore my soul. It is only you that can replenish me, can renew me, can refresh me. And when we immerse ourselves in God in such a way, when we plug into God into such a way, when we ask God for restoration and reanimation and replenishment, we will experience the same thing. And the light of God comes through us. 
Well, there's more to the psalm, which I'll get into next week. And more I'm going to get into with how we spread the light. But it's very important just to remember this point. When David was in darkness, he turned to God and he turned to the words of Psalm 23 and it kept him plugged in. It grounded him. To summarize where we are thus far, David knew that if he wanted to stay grounded in God, he had to give his life to God day in and day out. God, I give this day to you. I give this moment to you. I give my life to you over and over and over again. He knew, however difficult, with all this terrible stuff going on around him, with plenty to worry about, he knew that he had to learn to live in the moment and to trust that God would supply every need in that moment. He knew he had to turn his fears and his conflicts and his aggravations and frustrations over to God. God, I cannot manage these relationships, these conflicts, all this stuff that's going on. I've got to give it to you. He agreed to let God be God even though he was king. He released his burdens to God. God, take this burden. I can't deal with it. He created space for God's peace. And he asked God to renew and restore him. And he understood that by doing these things, he would stay very much plugged into God. And as a result, he was an extraordinary light bearer and unified the country. So, next week we will finish up the psalm, further explore how to connect to God through the words of the psalm, and we're going to again look, as I said, at how to be light spreaders and love bearers. And so I want us all to be encouraged in this world that can seem, you know, what it is. We're not helpless. We're incredibly empowered agents of God to spread the light and love of God. And I encourage us all to immerse ourselves and chew like a sheep. Chew on the words and digest the words of the 23rd Psalm. And always remember that God's light shines in the darkness and that darkness cannot overcome it and that we are part of God's light always. And so let's take a few moments in quiet prayer.